0: So he kind of looked at me and he goes, do I have 24 hours to say no or do you want me to answer this now so you can order the ticket? And sometimes it's just the ability to say yes in the moment and go, yeah, why can't we? Why can't we do that? You inadvertently are saying no by saying yes to one thing. So my kids don't really know that you can opt out.
1: Are you a millennial, Gen Xer or young boomer? Do you want to learn more about financial independence? Are you contemplating or already in early retirement? The Philighter Lighter podcast highlights, or as we like to say, philights, Lights, issues around your financial independence. Join the community as we explore millennial boomer relationships and pass the best lessons down to next-gen Phi millennials. We will talk about fire from F.U. money to early retirement. Welcome to Episode 6 of the Fylighter Podcast. I'm Lambo, the creator and host of the Fylighter Podcast and the Fylighter.com website and media hub. My goal is to fill these podcasts with interesting content to build your confidence and competence in making personal finance and lifestyle decisions. Today we have a vastly different experience for all of you Fylighters. I assure you there's a financial independence component But as you know, we explore a lot more than the numbers in this podcast. Much of your success on the path to financial independence is based on your values, decision process, how you live, how you embrace life, and most importantly, what you experience and how that shapes your future and that of those you love around you. In this first guest interview episode of The Filighter, I'll introduce you to Heidi, I've known this multifaceted lady about six months and met her through a mutual experience of launching a new podcast. Her podcast is called Ordinary Sherpa, and it inspires families to connect through simple adventures. After Heidi explored the world and embraced adventure in her teens and 20s, she realized the shift to motherhood and a professional career was threatening the amount of adventure that showed up in her life. She responded by reframing the destination to a journey. In designing a life of adventure, she and her husband nurtured the creation of new experiences, challenged the status quo, and tested their risk tolerance. In today's interview, we discuss her concept of adventure, her use of travel rewards to facilitate many experiences at a very economical cost, and the spirit of spontaneous adventure and turning opportunity into action. Please join us as we learn... So much from this brief discussion. This is Lambo the Flylighter, and today's show, we've got a special guest, Heidi Dusik. Heidi has also launched a podcast, one that I really enjoy following, and and she's here with us remote from an unknown, uh, undisclosed location, somewhere where it's cold, to join us and talk a little bit about the launch of her podcast and where her podcast is going right now. Well, with that, I'll welcome Heidi Dusick. Hi, Paul. Thank you so much for that introduction. You act like I'm some secret agent or something. I'm really
0: just in Northeast Wisconsin. It's not that undisclosed. But yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's, it's been an honor and a pleasure to work alongside you in, in launching podcasts together.
1: You know, I got to ask you, do you like cheese or not?
0: You have to in Wisconsin. You become a little bit of a cheese connoisseur and you get really. So, when we travel and we travel a considerable amount, which may lead into my podcast, but we get really snobby about the type of cheese. And every once in a while, we find good cheese and we're like, oh, we're at home now. Like, this is our place. These are our people. So, yeah, cheese kind of follows in our in the fabric of who we are, I think.
1: You know, that's, that's incredible. You know, I like different cheeses and and over my career, I've traveled to different countries and I found that, you know, maybe it's not fair for us as Americans, but I found that sometimes people in other countries have a whole different appreciation level for cheese. And it may be true even in, in states or areas where it's more produced, but um, you know, in Switzerland, I had some cheeses that, man, they were some strong cheeses and then, the last time I went to Europe, I went to France and they took me to a local restaurant that had a special dish that used the local cheese. And it was really important that we shared the local cheese. And it was incredible. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, we've had a couple of exchange students too, one from Germany. And it was kind of interesting how they viewed the different cheeses. Some of ours were way too mild and some of ours were way too sharp. So is this kind of interesting how that becomes a part of the culture?
1: Yeah. Well, hey, so it's really cold up there this time of year, right? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: it's not as cold as it's ever been. So it's like in the 30s right now. And we I mean, there's been winters where we had I think we set a world record a couple of years ago where it was like below zero and it was probably like 20 below for a record of like 63 days or something consecutively. It was insane. It was awful. But it's not that bad this year.
1: So let me ask you this. You know, I saw I follow your Facebook group, which I think is really great. But I saw pictures of your kids snowboarding in the backyard okay in in the spotlights it's got to be cold at night when they're out there doing it your kids love being outside
0: yeah i mean i think cold is a relative term in our in our language we just figure out how to be comfortable and enjoy the outside once you get moving and you're outside we just figure out how to enjoy it so my kids don't really know that you can opt out
1: (laughs) when it's cold you know
0: we just figure it out
1: (laughs) i used to work in canada And I went to Canada one time in Edmonton. It's uh, an oil town up in Canada, a huge one. And literally in January, there are people riding their bikes in the snow to work. And I'm just, it's very different uh, and you get used to it, if it's a way of life, right? Well, hey, that's not why we're here today. Let's talk about your podcast. Tell us what is the name of your podcast and, and what is it about or the concept and, and, and how you get your family involved in it. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The name of the podcast is Ordinary Sherpa and the intent is to really help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. So as I look back on 2020, and actually, I've been doing this for decades, I really found that it was the simple things that we do every day that help us connect. You know, Life is so busy as families and as working parents that I was finding I just didn't have a lot of interaction. I started to not know who my kids were just because of school and daycare and work. And so we decided that adventures were kind of the way that we started to connect. And all of our kids started thriving, and especially in 2020, when... We didn't have a lot of options and we had to get really creative. Adventure was kind of the magic ingredient for our family and it, it didn't have to be extravagant. I think sometimes when I started to Google what adventure means or family adventures, it's always about travel. So we just started to redefine that for our family and things like going for a hike or snowboarding at eight o'clock at night in our backyard have become yeah. kind of the daily ingredients to our story.
1: You know, the financial independence community and, and is one that I guess is a commonality in a lot of the group that we worked with. But tell us, how do you combine your outdoor adventures with financial independence? I mean, you know, surely travel costs a lot of money and, and to take your whole family places. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, how do you how do you mesh that together and find an equilibrium?
0: Yeah, there's a couple different flavors there. There are a couple different threads I'll pull on. So I actually found financial independence because of travel rewards. So we were already pretty good at managing our food budget and managing our expenses, but we weren't willing to give up travel. And so we then we wanted to optimize it and found travel rewards to be one of the ways that we could travel pretty inexpensively. So for a family of five, um, we learned things. And I'm not going to go into too much depth because this can get complicated really fast if you if you want to know more. (laughs) But um, we were able to optimize. So my husband and I are in two player mode where we both um, southwest. Uh, Airlines is a really good example of they're very family friendly in terms of their policies, in terms of their travel rewards. And as a family of five, we're able to get enough points that um, my husband and I both have companion pass this year. So each we each can take a child to fly for free. Now, it's not ideal given the current state, but those were things that we started to optimize. And then we realized, we aren't all about tourist attractions. You know, we were trying to figure out what do we do when we go these places and things like hikes and uh, camping, you know, those became more our flavor. So getting, building our own networks across the country or anywhere we're going to find out what are the local things that don't cost money or how can we really optimize those opportunities for our family?
1: Wow, that's incredible. So really much more of an experience trip for you, not necessarily uh, you mentioned not a touristy type destination, but but more of an experience, a life experience. And and, and I think you hit on the nail on the head. You know, our children grow up so fast and the family changes and the dynamics change. Uh, you also mentioned, uh, you know, kind of why you go. You make memories with your family. Right. And those windows. And, and I'm finding, you know, as a as an upper 50s guy, those windows open and shut. You know, you don't realize that the window's closing sometimes until it's already shut. Yeah. Some of the greatest memories can happen just when you're experiencing something simple together. Like, remember that lake we found on that hike? And when we skipped the rocks and you skipped yours 12 times? Little things then, then become things that you remember years and years down the road. Uh, when you're sitting around the table playing cards over the holidays with your family that are, they're home from out of state, you d- you don't know that you're planting those seeds so much at those other ages and what sticks. You have no idea which things are going to become important until much later.
0: Yeah. Sure. Paul, I think you bring up a really good point because I have been an adventurer all my life. And one of the hardest transitions for me was into motherhood because I kind of got the narrative that you can't be both. And so that's what really drove me into this work was that you can still adventure with a newborn or you can still adventure with a toddler. It looks a little bit different, but we have found... Ways to adventure at every age. And now we're getting into that point where my kids are starting to help us frame what adventure looks like. And the things we remember are that it's so funny. It's not the big things that really matter. It's these little nuanced things. So we were out west in an RV trip this summer. And just the little things that the kids talk about now have nothing to do with the amount of money we've spent. It is these kind of silly stories or these silly experiences that we share while hiking around Lake Tahoe one afternoon. You know, it's just kind of funny that that's the stuff that sticks. It didn't matter how much money we were actually spending on these adventures. And they all have different ways that they connect to the story. or or to adventure, I should say. It's easy to hold the narrative that you can't be both. But really, we just see as doors open and close, we just go, okay, here's a new opportunity. What is this going to look like? And how do we frame it? And how do we design it so that everybody has a say and a voice? and. And a good experience.
1: What point about being, I won't call you a travel hacker, but uh, very much of the travel rewards utilizer. And you seem to have uh, what I call the carpe diem kind of mentality here. It's like, you look at the calendar and say, hey, we got four day weekend coming <laughs> or three day weekend coming.
0: Paul, you have what, no what, idea. What, <laughs> I literally looked at my husband last night and I was like, you know, the semester ends next week. My oldest is, so we're schooling at home with my oldest. The others have gone back in person. And so I was like, oh, he's got a three-day weekend next week. Like, what do you think about me taking him to Idaho? Because he still has that free pass that we could use. Like, And my husband looked at me and he's like, can you find any deals? And are you going to take the other kids or is it just you? You know, like it literally happens. Are you leaving me with the kids? (laughs) And those that was not planned. I was like, I didn't have an agenda, just so you know. Like, it just was an idea. And we have, I mean, my husband and I are very different too. So we've come to learn, like, not every idea is going to be the thing that we're doing. So he kind of looked at me and he goes, do I have 24 hours to say no or do you want me to answer this now so you can order the tickets? And I was like, no, you can say no. I don't care. I'm like, maybe we do it a different day and maybe the whole family goes. But it was just those are the things when you see those opportunities and that's what you're looking for. They just show up. And sometimes it's just the ability to say yes in the moment and go, yeah, why can't we? Why can't we do that?
1: I have to ask you. Um... Did you grow up in a small family or did you grow up in a large family
0: Larger family yeah
1: I did too I have three brothers and and so you know if if our family actually ended up in a destination we intended to go at a reasonably close part of time it was a victory right and and, and it, it, we didn't plan as many details we just said we're going to do this and, and it's going to happen my wife grew up in a smaller family where things were pretty much planned a little bit more precision. And so that was a challenge for the two of us. You know, when we got married is um, the thinking process and the planning process is very different. I'm more of a carpe diem, at least in my head, maybe in my age, I'm slowing down a little bit, but I think it's 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 great to find opportunities, and I, I like to say that this this phrase: uh, make it happen, make memories, right? Mm-hmm. Just make it happen. It's not rocket science because a lot of the little things that you worry about, you'll solve them, right? Yes. Transportation to and from, finding an outfitter, or whatever you need to do, getting somebody has a shoe blowout on the trail, yes. got to get another shoe. Have you ever run into any challenges that you just? You you worried about it, and then all of a sudden it's no big deal later?
0: All the time. And Paul, I think those are some of the greatest memories now. So I think the craziest experience we had was my kids were maybe five, three and six months and we were doing 12 days in California. <laughs> and the start of the trip, we forgot my son's birth certificate to prove because anyone under two, you have to prove that they're like a human being or something. I don't know. I, I totally just did not even think about that. I had so many other things on my plate. We forgot about that. My daughter got sick while we were standing in line and literally was throwing up all over the place. Like it was one of those moments where like, what are we thinking? Are we totally insane? Like it just was one of those moments. But I can also say those are where we see the best of humanity come through where the ticket agent was like, is there any way you can get me something online? Is there any way? And I was like, I don't even know. She was
1: trying to help you solve it. Yes. But
0: then even passengers, you know, like as my daughter's throwing up, they're like, Oh, here one lady literally grabbed my daughter's hair and held it back because my arms were like full of baby gear and stuff. And I was like, Oh, Oh. she literally came and like grabbed my daughter's hair. And I was like, these things don't happen just mat. You know like so we have had so many stories like that where things look like they are falling apart and you think why am I doing this? And then this magic happens where the people around you kind of surprise you and shock you. And I've had so many stories of where things don't go right. And it turns out like this is a temporary experience and we are learning so much from this.
1: That sounds like a challenging departure. So was this all Uh, in the line to leave?
0: Yes, this was all within literally maybe two hours of not even it was like within 30 minutes of each other. It was like the world feels like it's falling apart. And
1: yeah right in front of wow. me wow so okay what happened on the trip did, uh, did was it your daughter did she get strong was she yeah. sick the whole time i mean yeah you, no so it days? was great we,
0: it was amazing so w- that was the start of a 12 day adventure we'd never done 12 days so first of all i was like this is going to be rough Uh, No, we just took a down day. So I think we've learned to read our kids and understand when is too much. And we, instead of doing much, we went to the beach, we laid on the side of the beach and my daughter didn't do anything. You know, she just laid there and was comfortable and, but wanted to be outside, wanted to do something. And then we went back to the rental. We had an Airbnb. We traveled that way a lot with our family and everybody took a nap. And the next day everyone was like, okay, we're good. Let's go. (laughs) Let's move on. So everything turned out amazing. So it, I think it's wow. just that moment that if you're able to just let it pass, it's going to pass. It'll be OK.
1: Two things I want to unpack that you just said, because these things, I think, have become really important when we travel. You, you said a down day and, and um, I wrote down two points, uh, down days and over planning. I found that by give yourself gaps and maybe plan something for the morning and something for the afternoon, but not 12 things during the day. Talk to me a little bit about how do you kind of set your expectations? And when did you figure out that, hey, you don't need to compress too much into too little time? We
0: prefer to not plan too much. Uh, So I research things thoroughly. So I have options. And we'll sometimes set, you know, here's what our thoughts are in terms of an itinerary or flexibility. And again, I'm spending two, three months, sometimes just a couple weeks. But I generally have a pretty good idea of what the options are. And then I'll ask the right. kids or I'll ask my husband what we kind of narrow it down from there to say, OK, what are the must haves? What would be nice? So just to give you an right. example, we were in Texas a couple years ago. The whole purpose of going to Texas is we also have some goals for the kids. My oldest wants to hit all the major league baseball stadiums. And so, oh, be, yeah, he's a huge baseball fan. And so we were in Texas. Uh, started out in Dallas. My husband actually joined me later because I made the mistake of booking the flights before he was actually done with school. He's a teacher. So I made the mistake Uh of actually booking the flights too early and I had to change his ticket. So he ended up joining us after we went to Dallas. And so we're heading to Waco and I was like, I wonder what we should do here. And we ended up at the Waco. The silos. Yeah. Well, we did the silos. That I knew was going (laughs) to happen. But oh. what I didn't know was the, um, the Mammoth. There's a Mammoth State Park where you can see. Right. Yes, I had no idea. And so literally sometimes these things just happen and you go, hey, we have an opportunity. How's everybody feeling? And if they were up for it, we did it. So we did it. And so there's other days where we'll say, you know, this sounded cool, but I think it's, we're going to have to pass on it. You know, that we just kind of read our kids and know what the options are. And when we feel like, you know, we're going for it, we know that we need a break throughout the day. We tend to right. start our mornings pretty strong, so we'll try to get up at 6 or 7, especially at the front end of a trip. You know, once we get there, we're raring to go. It's really hard to sleep in, and nobody's really wanting to just lay around on vacation. They're pretty eager to keep going. So at the front end of the trip, we tend to pack things in a little bit more just because everyone's energy and enthusiasm is pretty high. So we often, though, are up at 6, have breakfast and out the door before 7.30, 8 o'clock sometimes. And then we're like, okay, by ten o'clock we can take a break and maybe that's travel time to our next thing. You know, we can handle two to three hours if we had to for a big road trip. Sometimes we'll do that midday, Um, and then we'll end our evening with another thing. So we tend to be pretty fast travelers. Slow travel is hard for us (laughs) because we just don't sit still very long. But that's kind of how we frame it: is knowing what the options are. I just keep notes on my iPhone. Anything I see, I just kind of plunk it in there. I copy it and paste it from either Facebook groups or online, or if I'm in a trails app that I'm in, you know, I just kind of keep notes in one place as we know things are starting to unfold for our next destination. We'll just throw them in there. And my husband does the same thing. We share notes back and forth and then we kind of read it on the day of and decide which ones we do, which ones we don't.
1: So let me let me ask you this question, because uh, yeah, I like having, you know, buffers somewhere in the in the timeline. But have you been to a destination? And while you're there, you discover something that you didn't even know about in your research that wow, this sounds really neat. We should do this instead of something we had already planned or maybe we haven't bought tickets to. Or do you stick to the plan? No, we're going to do this. We got a plan. We got a ticket.
0: More often than not, we don't have that strict of a plan that we have to stick to. The one exception I would say was Disney when we went to Disney World. And that almost created an anxiety attack for me, actually, because it it felt (laughs) like everything had to be so planned in order to optimize the experience and do everything we wanted to do. So that one was really hard for us. And I think we also learned from that. Like, that was too much planning. But we have been actually on the way back from Disney. we stopped at Driftwood Beach, which is on Jekyll Island, and it essentially is all these amazing pieces of driftwood that come up from the ocean. And I just thought it was going to be a break from our car ride home. And it ended up being one of those places like, we can't leave now. Like, this is amazing. We got to hang out. Yeah. yeah. So, those are sometimes things where, you know, you just read it and go, okay. So that means we're going to get home on Sunday instead of Saturday. So, we try to have some flexibility in our overall itinerary too. So that if we decide, okay, we're going to stay here an extra day, it's not going to cause a big problem. I do try to offer a down day. To kind of recover from travel, either on the front, like I said, the front end is hard because we're too jacked up, is what we like to say. We're like, right, right. we're Let's so go. excited that we don't really have the ability to sit still on the first day, but definitely at the end of a trip, we try to make sure we're scheduling enough time to kind of transition back into real life. Coming home and un- unpacking and all that kind of stuff is is never the fun part.
1: Kind of got a chuckle when you mentioned the Disney World trip, and um, <laughs> I thought back to years ago when we went and. One of the things we did was we saw the sign that said Cocoa Beach, you know, Cocoa Beach is near, near there. Mm -hmm. Um, we went down to NASA and did some other things, but I, I I watched I Dream of Genie growing up and it was in Cocoa Beach, right? So I'm like, we've got to go to Cocoa Beach. So we took the kids, uh, we had a minivan rented and, and we went swimming on Cocoa Beach. And now we always remember that crazy, that it was not the greatest weather, but we went to Cocoa Beach and we had a good time and, and, uh. You know, it just happened along the way. And one of the things I like to, to say is life happens on the yellow brick road, not an emerald city. And you truly sound like you're living on that yellow brick road so much where you you are capturing the moments along the yellow brick road. Yeah, I would say, I mean, you have to be open to the opportunity.
0: If we have our minds set on something, we miss so many things. It's You inadvertently are saying no by saying yes to one thing. That's, I think, the one piece right. that we have learned. That nothing is ever, there's very few things in our life that are black and white or absolute. So we having that mindset of there's always room for an opportunity or we're willing to explore what those options are. I think that I would agree with you. Yeah, we're on the we're on the yellow brick road. We might be stealing yellow bricks along the way (laughs) to say (laughs) we might need these down the road.
1: (laughs) Well. Heidi, th- this is great. I think this is great information for our listeners, but I'd like to get a couple of takeaways to share with, if I just said, you know, there's not a lot of adventure in our lives. What, what would maybe easy steps toward finding a path toward more adventure in a, in a family or young families, uh, steps they can take, whether it would be three day weekend hike or something that would work for everyone, you know, yeah. what, what, Would transition uh, anyone from the couch potato, watch movies on Netflix weekend to maybe what it is that you kind of represent? you know, How can they start to make steps you know, toward that future?
0: Yeah, my first thing would say, be curious. So as we started to adventure even locally or work with families locally, we have a philosophy called the Brown Sign Experience, and that's just getting to know your community around you. There are state, county, city parks all over the place. And we found, especially during COVID, we just got curious and started to find places that were within an hour that we'd never been to before. It's a low-risk experience. You'd pack a lunch, you go for a hike, and it t- costs you nothing. It doesn't take much time. It doesn't take a lot of planning. And just see what that experience is like. How did everybody do on that? That was my 1st first... Day-tripper. Yep. Yep. Keep it simple. So just get curious about what's around you. And then I think as as you get a little more comfortable with the idea of a quick adventure... What's your dream list? And it doesn't have to be a bucket list. I'm not necessarily a big fan of buckets because <laughs> I'm like everything's in my bucket list otherwise. So what's dr- well, like what's dreaming? What would everybody where would everybody thrive? What's an experience that people are really curious about that they'd like to explore and then you have something to work towards. So we have like I said my oldest son was really curious about major league baseball stadiums. So we made that a priority that he's going to hit all of those by the time he's 18. My daughter decided she wants to hit all of the national parks. They keep adding them. So I don't know if we're going to get there before she's 18. That's a lot of them. Yeah. There's 63 now. So that's harder. Uh, and my five year old hasn't established a, a key priority, but I think that gives us a target of what exactly are we working towards rather than trying to feel like we're responding to what's coming at us all the time. It gives us some targets. So those would be some easy things to start working towards.
1: Do you try to mix in like the stadium and parks in the same? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Another example is when we we went to Arizona for the purpose of Hitting Saguaro National Park, but we knew that my son, my oldest son, is super into reptiles, and my youngest son was super into horses. (laughs) So we stayed on a horse ranch actually, so that my son could do kind of a day camp horse riding cowboy experience. And my older son, uh, he went on a mountain bike excursion and we did a bunch of like looking for rattlesnakes because that's his thing. And so we were able to really optimize everybody's strengths in one literally within 48 hours. Everybody kind of got to check a box.
1: Wow, that's great. So a little something for everyone and maybe even divide and conquer. People go the different ways and we get back together for dinner.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That one-on-one time, my kids love that because they don't ever get my husband or I one-on-one. So if you can find an option. And the other thing we try to do is source. I don't know if sourcing is the right word, but try to connect with people, whether we have a large extended family. So we'll try to meet up with cousins or aunts and uncles in, of course, non-COVID times so that we have a place to just kind. of. Of connect and unwind and they don't get to see those people very often because most of them live really far away. So it's, it's actually strengthened a lot of our family relationships with those relatives because when we do get together, there's hundreds of us and you don't get a lot of time. So it's been an opportunity to get some one-on-one time and be intentional about that as well.
1: I like that. The desire you have there to reconnect. You know, I I think I wrote, it's not about perfection. It's about just your presence. You know, if you can connect with people, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're sharing a meal you picked up from somewhere on the way in, if you're just meeting up for a few hours to talk, hey, I'm in the neighborhood. I think on our drive, we'd love to stop by if, if we can. Yeah, those are my favorite. <laughs> I grew up mostly in Texas, but I'm from Louisiana. And that culture, you know, especially in the late 60s, early 70s, was one that people just stopped by the house when they knew you had your your kids in town. Right. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we were there, relatives would just come in from everywhere or we would visit other people's houses and have pie and coffee. And it's not like you had to have any big preparations. People just showed up. We had a fish fry or we had coffee or the kids played in the yard and we all, you know, we we all played and the adults sat in lawn chairs and had iced tea and coffee and dessert. You know, it just didn't take much to have the memories. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It doesn't cost much. In all honesty, some of our favorite things are when we don't have anything planned and the kids are sitting there, have to figure something out. We've, I can't tell you how many times we've done rock towers and the kids come together and make sculptures or... I mean, we still talk about my, I think my daughter's favorite person is like a 60 year old aunt that she's just connected with because they had that opportunity to connect and in unplanned time created something that was memorable.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, Heidi, let's wrap up here uh, for the day. And I I appreciate you being on the podcast. I thank you for your insights on how we can all find a little bit more adventure in each of our lives. And I'm going to take the two big ones here. You know, number 1, get curious. Get curious and go out and find things, experience new things that you maybe haven't had before, right? That's number 1. And number 2, build that dream list. Start with ideas and maybe each person in the family has their own dream list and you can overlay those lists together and say, "You know what? We can we can hit two or three dream list items, cover multiple family members on one trip, right?" And so We can combine some of those things, experience things that that everyone will enjoy, but particular some individuals will enjoy extremely because it was on their list, their dream list that they created as a family member that sometimes is the one that does most of the planning. You know, having these lists on your phone, keeping them up when they just spring into your life off a Facebook posting or an internet search or good ways to accumulate that and just have content you can go to and say, Hey, you know what? We we got a trip coming up. What's hot on our list? What's what could we think about next? Those are some great tips, Heidi. And I, I think that What you're doing is is really exciting, and and I I applaud young families that push people away from screen time toward experiencing life. And that's one of the challenges that I think a lot of us are facing particularly those that grow up with the generation of technology that we didn't have in, in our past. So with that, any, any kind of wrap-up comments?
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I would offer, if anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out to me too. I'm always curating lists or connecting people. So feel free and I can send you, Paul, my contact information or you can include it in the show notes if you want.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. How would people best find you? Yeah, the
0: best way to connect. First, my podcast is Ordinary Sherpa. So the intent is really to connect ordinary people, ordinary everyday people with experiences like adventure, like the Sherpas of the Mountaineers. The best way to connect is actually through my Facebook group. So I have a private Facebook group and an Instagram page. Both are Ordinary Sherpa. That's probably the best place to start. But my website is also OrdinarySherpa.com.
1: Okay, well, we'll put both of those in our show notes on this podcast release. So you'll be able to to reach out to Heidi if you like and follow her on her Facebook group and get out, find some adventure, make your life a new experience in the future. With that, that's it for this episode of the Phi podcast, the adventure edition with Heidi Dusick. We're here and we're glad you're there. Have a great day. One quick thank you today for our listeners. The Filighter podcast is now heard in 15 countries and 29 of these United States. Thank you for sharing our podcast with those around you that are interested in clearing their path to financial independence. Many of you have asked, what can you do to help spread the Flylighter message? Here are three ways you can help. Number one, Share a link to the podcast with someone you think would benefit from this content. You probably know like-minded people that would enjoy the Fylighter life as much as you do. Number two, if you use Apple's podcast player, write a review. These are particularly helpful to the others exploring our podcasts and help the search algorithms place value on the Fylighter community. Number three, hit subscribe on whatever podcast player you're using. We want you to be the first to get the latest episodes when they're released. That's it. I would really appreciate it if you could do any or all three of these things. My goal is to highlight or highlight relevant information on each of your paths to financial independence. A wealth of information will benefit you, whether you're a millennial or young boomer. It may be only that you need to change your course heading just a few degrees to make early retirement a reality. We will continue to explore the issues and topics in front of young boomers as well as valuable lessons for the millennials to accelerate everyone's path to FI. Remember, mind the gap. Income, plus. Expenses, minus. The result is the gap. Grow the gap. Remember to subscribe wherever you enjoy the FI Ladder podcast to receive new content as it's released. I look forward to your comments, feedback, and engagement with other PhyLighters. You can also subscribe to the PhyLighter Facebook page. Links are available in the show notes. I'm Lambo. Let's clear your path to financial independence. Make it happen. Grow the gap. This is Lambo, the PhyLighter. If you're hungry for more, visit Philighter.com. Buckle up, downshift, and dump the clutch. You are in for an accelerated ride into your financial future with Lambo, the Flylighter. Lighter. This episode was recorded January 12th and 13th, 2021.